Before we get started on today's episode of the DNVR Nuggets podcast, I want to remind you guys that Manscaped is here to assist you when it's time for you to hit your game winner. They are the best. They're number one. They're in a tier of their own when it comes to men's below-the-belt grooming. They have the best tools for the job, including the Lawnmower 3.0. If you're an amateur manscaper and you want to get up to speed, you want to make manscaping a part of your daily routine, get the Perfect Package 3.0 kit because it comes with the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0, as well as a ton of other liquid formulations to round out your manscaping routine, which are all essential, absolutely essential to a perfect manscaping routine. You get the Crop Preserver, the Crop Reviver, as well as the Travel Bag. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code DNVR20 at manscaped.com. Again, you guys can get 20% off that Perfect Package 3.0 with free shipping when you use the code DNVR20 at manscaped.com. Your thoughts on the way Jokic plays the game? Uh, have you been in these sessions before? I've said this like 10 times, and I'm not writing your article for you. Ask one of your colleagues. He's magnificent. Magnificent. I'll just leave it at that. Could say he's better than MJ. Could say it. I wouldn't, but you could say it. That was you who asked that question, right, Adam? <laughs> That's definitely not me. You don't know exactly oh, really? I'm not going to say who it was. <laughs> Welcome in, everybody, to a Monday edition of the DNBA Live Show. I'm your host, Adam Adams. I'm joined by an all-star cast. They seated right directly next to me. The birthday boy is Brendan Boat. What's cracking, fellas? How you living? <laughs> We're living young and vivacious. You, on the other hand. Getting old. Getting old. I think I saw a gray hair on my head. Adam, I'll text you about this later. Yeah, yeah. I'll get you some of the name of the are, are, are we entering into a birth week for Brendan now at this point? I feel like I've uh, wished him happy birthday 15 times. I, I didn't ask people to make it a whole weekend thing, but I'll take it. I'll take it. You know, he deserves it. It's a quarantine birthday. Below him and already talking trash. It's d Go. That's right. Take that, Brandon, you old SOB. <laughs> I hope you had a great day, though. Thanks, man. On your actual, birth- on your actual birthday. <laughs> Appreciate it. And there's a man who is Harrison with slightly less hair mm-hmm. in the Harrison. Hair-less. Look at it. I feel what like do you guys think? Do- I need some, uh, oh, you need some takes here. Not only do you like, look great, yeah. you know you look great. So this is really you just kind it is, of. It is self-service. I feel like yeah. we need like a good like minute or two just to admire Harrison at the beginning of every show, which we do. We do really every, every single show we admire. <laughs> it's in the rundown. Every Monday we bring on an expert to talk about Michael Jordan, and his name is Patrick Baby Boy. Are you rocking the Space Jam jersey today? Of course. Looks like course. he's a Toon Squad man. How could you? How could you not after that episode? Yeah. They build him an arena and he's practicing on set. No, I've heard this. pulling it out. I've heard it before. Heard it Patrick, how, how did we not your, get uh, more footage of that, by the way? What the heck? Yeah, apparently they used all the footage they had. Someone filmed 10 seconds of all the games they said that were epic. Yeah. <laughs> you have yeah, to remember that 1996 when you wanted to film for something, it was a giant camera. Like, <laughs> Bring out the shoulder cannon. Up. Yeah. <laughs> It is unbelievable that in like a 10 part series, there are still parts where you're like, oh, wow, they, they cut that pretty short, which is right. like unreal. <laughs> <laughs> this this series really could have gone like all of quarantine and we would have just been like, all right, well, I'm ready for more. <laughs> um, this is going to be, first of all, guys, we have a great week planned for you on the NBA. We've got Patrick, of course, today who's going to talk about what I consider to be the most interesting two episode run of this documentary. Uh, we're going to talk about that today. Tomorrow, we are going to bring on Kirk. Talk about what the Nuggets would beat the Mavs. I'm curious about that. I'm excited for this one. Why would the Mavs beat the Nuggets? Why would the Nuggets beat the Mavs? Then we can argue with our buddy Kirk. Mike Singer from the Denver Post coming on Wednesday. And then Thursday, Andy Bailey is going to come on. Big Jokic guy. Um, so a lot of a lot of fun stuff throughout the week. What's already so fun? We already got a funny thing coming on or what? Eric just can't help himself. He just looks up and I just, laughs. Just so I, happy. Just enjoy, I just enjoy being around all of you. Like uh, I used to go on uh, dates when I was uh, online dating for 20 minutes in my nice life. And <laughs> I would, and and during the dinner, I would just laugh because my, my brain thinks smiling and laughing are the same thing. And it would it was very <laughs> off-putting to almost everyone I went on a date with. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But you know, that one that that works for <laughs> 
You got it worked you know, for zero. No, I, it worked for zero. I, 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 uh, I didn't get anything out of that uh, that whole <laughs> ordeal. <laughs> um, so let's talk about. Let's get into this because I have a feeling we're going to almost run long on just Jordan topics today. But um, I am I wrong in thinking this was the most like compelling episode? I know we say this almost oh, hands down. I mean, this was the most Jordan episode so far. Like this was the most Jordan. You know what I mean? Like no real flashing to anybody else really. I know we got the Kerr story, but it was this was really like full Jordan. Right, the dad, the father thing, leaving ba- basketball, coming back, all of it. Yeah, it was sort of a. Is, did that work? Uh, I know you just wrote me the private message vote, but is the are the, are the comments up now? Can you yeah, see? Yeah, now them? they are. Cool. <laughs> Sorry, I had to click a button. Um, so yeah, it was so much so that there was a moment, and one of my notes I have in here, we stopped talking about anybody else. We talked to other people, but we're <laughs> only actually talking about Jordan. <laughs> Before it was like we had the Scotty episode, we had whatever. It slowly has just become um, the Michael the Michael show, and I'll tell you what, I enjoyed it, so I'm not complaining. But we're gonna go in chronological order here, and the first thing that happens in this episode is we we go over the the death of Michael's father, which is a. Um, it's interesting because we've all I've all known about it. Harrison and and Bo, did you guys know at least loosely that Jordan's father died and that it happened at this time? I mean, was that something you were familiar with? Yeah, yeah, definitely familiar with. I, I think what this episode really drove home, though, for me at least, because I wasn't as familiar with it, is that like that was a very central reason as to why he retired and, and went to baseball. Like that, I felt like that connection was made very clear and like well done by the film. I also didn't realize that this was a he was missing for a substantial amount of time, right before the body was found, and so I. I don't know. I guess I just realized, didn't realize that this was such a public thing. You know what I mean? Something Michael probably had to live through and um, it, so publicly. And, and obviously, as Harrison said, that informed his decisions later down the road. It's interesting getting that perspective, though, with the one previous. And even Jordan said this, I think, somewhere in this documentary where he where, or somebody said it about him where they were like, he would have retired after 92 but no, you know, Bird hadn't had a three-peat. Magic had no three-peat. So part of me thinks, like, yes, that was that pushed it over the edge. The death that was like, okay, it's going to happen. But I kind of feel like it was going to happen anyway. Patrick, you know the story better than anyone. After watching this, do you get the sense that even if that didn't happen, he probably was going to take at least some time off? Yeah, I mean, I think that was the nail in the coffin. Um, no, that was a terrible. I didn't mean. Yeah, I didn't mean to go to. Uh, that was the worst uh, statement I ever could have used. Um, that was unintentional. I'm not uh, upset. Um, but no, I think he was definitely. Jordan had always uh, talked about to a lot of his friends, Amar Rashad, about um, retiring uh, early and staying going out on top, which uh, is actually the opposite of what he's saying in '98. How you know we have we have a right to defend this until someone beats us, and that's when we leave. Right, right. It's really the complete opposite thing for the first part of his career, and he was. Um, uh, at least by some accounts, very, very interested in Jim Brown, who had played, I think, nine years, maybe 10 years in the NFL and left it considered maybe the greatest football player of all time. But really, you never saw him getting dragged off the field. You know, it was just he was at the top, you know, peak yeah. powers or whatever. Um, so I think he was planning on leaving all along. I don't know if he would have really tried baseball. It's such a weird thing to think about somebody like that. This is the oddest chapter in like a greatest of all time story or even one of the great story to like leave in your prime just try another sport right and then come back and i think it's odd because no one else would have that option right like this guy was so famous and so good that he got to do something that he really probably should have never (laughs) been able to try to do it's like what what tim tebow is doing yeah that's true but it's exactly so james said like hey i want to play football the football teams would line up to be like yeah we'll take you man Right, right. Yeah. I mean, a, a big factor too is that MJ's professional, uh, respectable salary, somewhat close to appropriate for what he should be making, was still there. So, not that he ever would have wanted for money, but I do think, like, there's a difference between kind of stopping that income flow entirely and hopping on the minor league baseball wave. And oh, right. There's yeah. still that financial incentive to like, he's not necessarily leaving the NBA lifestyle. You know, just just the game, and that was a permanent decision at the time in his mind, but I don't know. It's not quite the same thing, right? I, I don't know if a player would leave their NBA contract at right. this point on the table. Right. You, you can also run away from the media now in a, in a way that, or then in a way that you cannot now because everybody is media. Everybody has a camera and they can throw you on and then every, the whole world sees it. And it, the weird thing about him going to Birmingham is that that's 
like he could actually be away from everything and they were like they treated right. me like one of the guys he wouldn't that would never happen now because everybody <laughs> would be there with their cell phones and it would be like it wouldn't be a break i got the sense that that baseball year and a half was an actual mental break for him like it actually did give him Definitely. the break that he needed yeah. And it's, baseball is the perfect sport to do yes. that too, right? Because yep. it's just like sure. so slow paced, so routine oriented. You just kind of get stuck in the same cycle. I feel like you can just do that and forget about all your worries or all your troubles on the side. And baseball, I mean, you, you sort of can, but baseball is like the most mentally taxing sport in a lot of ways too, because you, it's just so full of failure. Like it's but just, that stuff didn't tax Michael, right. right? That process of trying to get better and trying to be the best. He was about that, right? Yeah, what was yeah. so taxing was living that public life. And what one of the things that's perceived as baseball's biggest issues, and of course it is from a marketing standpoint, is like, who cares about who these guys are? Even Mike Trout, a lot of people wouldn't recognize right. him on the street. But that's also a product of the clubhouse culture in baseball. Being one of the guys, like that's a concerted effort thing. Right. And right. you watch a baseball game in your favorite baseball game, you get the sense that these are not celebrities. These are just the guys in the dugout trying to win the game today. Yeah. My favorite players of all time are like names you wouldn't know, like Ryan Therio and stuff, Terrio. So they like, I don't know. There's, it's just one of the guys is part of baseball. I think there's also something to you think about it. They, they talk about by '93, it was like relief, right? It wasn't like joy to win; it was like relief. Exactly. Oh, right. Do you think like going to a sport where, for Michael Jordan, who's been expected to not just win but dominate everybody for that long, to go to something that he's not supposed to succeed yeah, at, like and that. even if you do succeed, what do you fit? What a 300 bat, a batter bats 300 is Hall of Famer, and you're yeah. failing 70 percent of the time. Like I feel like that's almost the refresher side of it too and i was i don't know enough about baseball to know how true all of this is but if the stuff they're saying about him is accurate i mean it really does just take him just on the athletic sphere to me to another level how everyone's just saying yeah he kind of started to master this stuff. nobody's saying he's going to be a hall of fame baseball player but i don't feel like he should have ever done nearly as well as he did <laughs> i mean you know it's baseball like it's a different sport yeah. and these are not the best in the world but you know you're on your way so much of sports are mental, and I do wonder if a guy like that who is so mentally refined, like it makes it easier for you to like physically become on the level or something. You know what, though? The minute they started talking about it, once they started throwing him the breaking balls and he was chasing him, I feel like Jordan also, like, I feel like the Achilles heel would be like, I can hit this. Like, every, I every I single Because I know talking to Mo, yeah. he's the one that's opened my eyes to baseball and just how it's like the mental aspect of pitching versus hitting and whatever. And it did make me think that when, it, when they put that out there, I was like, I'll bet he could not swing at those. Like, yeah, yeah like, definitely. It was an easy mental game for the pitchers. They're like, <laughs> slider on the outside. What are we? Yeah, he's gonna. He can't do this one. But, but how about how he doesn't play baseball for what thirteen years and then just starts his minor career on a thirteen-game hitting streak? Like, yeah, that's, yeah, that's that? awesome. That's awesome. Like, are you kidding me? The first and that guys like he and and Tebow, who also did this, right, were probably major league talents, of course. Tebow right? still playing. Um, yeah, Tebow's still playing. Yeah, yeah. Wow. The guys that had they stayed on that path, right? very well might have been good enough to make it to the top level because right. it's it shouldn't tell you that oh it's that easy for athletes to just jump into you know double a triple a ball the actual takeaway is jordan and, and even tebow are, are freaks yeah for sure yeah. and and the other thing i had never really thought about i mean i feel kind of stupid i should have thought about this but i hadn't really thought about them just talking about how different building your body and different muscles that you're using for these things. I mean, obviously, you know that in the back of your mind, but I'd never really focused on that at all. Like him coming back to basketball to me was a lot more, oh, he's going to be rusty because he hasn't played. Not so much like also my body is different now and I have to kind of rework that. That's just something I hadn't really thought about. Also, baseball is a professional sport that you can eat the entire time you're playing. <laughs> just eat sunflower seeds and giggly chew. And- My kind of sport. <laughs> uh, I love when they. I love how he says like they just treated me like one of the guys. And I wonder if treating people like one of the guys means calling them hoes and making fun of them every moment they're. <laughs> like, I wonder how Jordan would have done if there was the Jordan of minor league baseball oh, team. Just that's what I want to know. That's a great point. I don't think <laughs> you could one. ever break Jordan, but yeah, it might have ended up with uh, some fights. Well, I am pretty confident you couldn't break him, man. I mean, yeah, uh, we're, we're going to get into that in a minute. But let's talk about the retirement because one of the interesting things is that the Bulls were really good without him. They weren't champions, but they were really good without him. And we have to fast forward here to the Pippen part because 
Um, this is another thing that it's another story. A lot of this is just retelling stories that I'd already told and getting to see people tell the story. I've always read this, but I have never actually seen people talking about it. So Scotty gets an opportunity. Now it's 94. He's been in Jordan Shadow this whole time. He carry, he steps up. He goes to a whole other level. He carries that team. But then in the playoffs, in the biggest moment, game on the line, Phil draws up a play for Coach, and he refuses to go in. Now, first of all, Harrison, I keep going back to you guys because you're the youngest too, but Vote and Harrison, you guys knew the story, I assume, or had you never heard this one? I knew it. I knew the story. Now, I'm going to play devil's advocate here because I think that what – he did in this moment, Scotty did was wrong. Like you quit on your teammates, you didn't go in, whatever. But I always see people talk about this and, and like, oh, I can't believe he did that or whatever. But if you put yourself in his shoes from everything we know, never got a terrible deal. Now it was his fault he signed it or whatever, but he got a terrible deal. He was underpaid. You've been raving about this guy, Kukot, or Jerry Krause has, who's getting paid, by the way, more than you are. And they're like, oh, he's the heir to the throne. He's next, whatever. And they come over here, and as soon as you get your chance to be the top dog, they drop a play for the guy who you feel like is getting slighted. For me, I'm like, I get why Pippen was so pissed in this moment. And was it bad for him to do that? Yes. But is it human? Yes. And that's the thing is people almost treat this circumstance like it was inhuman of him not to go in. Am I off base when thinking like well, I completely get why this was so hard? I think it's understandable, but also for a guy like Phil, who always seemed to be so tied in to individuals and what they were thinking, to be your guy who played that second fiddle for so long, you know, and, and did it without seemingly without complaining. And then yeah. to finally be in the spotlight and be in the first kind of big moment, uh, at least on that stage. And I don't, I, I still don't think it was the wrong play. I mean, like who coach said, he said, you know, I'd hit a number of these before and then they rattle off like five that season. Yeah, that the game winners. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know the record was great, but that's, yeah, and five he hit games that played. game winner too. Yeah, yeah, and, and then he he hit the that makes it even worse. That had to just be crushing for Philly. Like, and I went back to, uh, I mean, these are different circumstances, but that '86 season where Jordan they wouldn't let him go in for that final play, and they said the team, you know, hit the game winner, and Jordan's out there jumping up and pumping his fist, and I was like, you know, Pippen went out there like in this circumstance, he just walked out. It's just the worst other side of that that it could have been. Yeah. Um, the thing they didn't tell you in this is that he was unapologetic. Now, he does say, like, I would have done things the same, although he says it with the least amount of certainty possible. He's like, I, 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 right. I wouldn't have changed a thing. <laughs> yeah. That's what sounds like he probably would have changed something. Do I regret it? Yes. <laughs> would I do it again? Yeah. I think so. I, 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 I get why. I love, I love living yeah. with regret. He's like, I, I regret that this happened. I made no, I made no mistakes. <laughs> I, I fully get why Pippen, like, felt upset and like, yeah, he can feel upset about the contract and stuff. But again, he signed that contract. Yep. So, I mean, at some point it's like you signed it. Um, but I mean, I honestly lost a lot of respect for Scotty, like just watching wow. this episode. I really did. Cause like Scotty's my guy. I mean, I, I talked about earlier, like a couple of weeks ago, I just like love Scotty Pippen, uh, like how he fits a role, how good of a defender he is. But, I lost a lot of respect for him because of this, to be honest. Yeah. Like, that's just something you don't do. Like, no matter how pissed you are, 100%. you just got to suck it up and be a teammate, man. Like, you just got to suck team. it up. Yeah. It's, yeah, It's wild because Jordan is the guy who's, okay, he's the incredible player, but he's the guy that always gets labeled the bad teammate, and Scotty's always the guy who was just there for everybody. And Scotty has these three or four just glaring moments, right, where he's not there for the team. I mean, whether, whether you lump in the whole, I'm going to wait to get the surgery because they're not paying me enough until the season and possibly yeah. sacrifice home court on our last run, Phil's last run, Jordan's last all that stuff, this one where he sat out. I don't know if you guys know about the chair throwing incident. I think that actually happened in 95. But just there's just some moments where he just totally it's like he didn't break as often, but when he did, it seems like it really boiled over. Whereas Jordan would just like punch somebody in practice and move on. <laughs> like never have a problem during the games or in front of the media. Yeah, it's also funny, just funny like, like how go ahead. I well I'm in full like cry me a river for Scotty Pippen mode. Like we did the whole like well, he made his money thing too. But we also still talk about Scottie Pippen every day, even yeah, more yeah, so yeah. than some players he's better than. And so, like, yes, did he have to play in Jordan's shadow? Sure. He also got to play alongside yeah, Michael. Yeah, Pippen yeah, yeah. And, like, yeah. Scotty's, every, Scotty's NBA career worked out fine. So, like – and, and there's a big argument that a lot of people talk about. I mean, this could go either way. This is, you know, subjective. But a lot of people talk about how, like, even with all his tools – Scotty, in, in, in a lot of ways, was like a made player, right? Like he wasn't destined even with all those tools to become what he became. And I, I kind of buy that. I mean, I think like coming along sort of behind Mike Pippen, I don't know that Jordan would have been the exact same player either. It's, but it's I do the Jokic effect. 
It's a Jokic effect. <laughs> By the way, I don't want to double all the way back, and I'm sure you guys have seen that clip a ton of times, but that Popovich uh, quote was fire. I've never seen that. <laughs> Dude, that's, can you imagine? I'd, I'd be watching that every morning. Dude, covering <laughs> Greg Popovich in the playoffs was, was Oh, my Greg God. Tempting. Greg Popovich talks about Nicole Jokic the way we all talk about Harrison's hair. like really 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 loves Jokic, and the reason that one was funny is because that clip i think was game seven after they have just gotten eliminated and he'd literally answered that question every single game (laughs) like somebody had asked because like like some new reporter showed up and asked him so he was like you not been listening ask one of your buddies um in the comments i want to hear uh in, in the comments, I want to hear what we are thinking about um, Scotty Pippen. And people who maybe didn't know the story, maybe you feel a little bit more sour about Scotty now. So let us know what you think. But Harrison, in the meantime, why don't you take us into a break? Did Harrison freeze? We can't. <laughs> <laughs> At least we got this music. <laughs> are, we the, are we talking about the break farmhouse? I shouldn't guess. I think it is the break roof farmhouse. That's a guess. All right. Well, you should order your next dinner from the brow. Oh, he's back. Sorry, I had to. I had to fix my hair. Sorry. <laughs> Priorities. Good save. Take us to break, Harrison. Oh, let's see what we got here, guys. Let's see what we got. Let's see what we got here. Oh, oh yeah. I was. I was actually going to tell this story. I had. Um, I had like three DNVR members hit me up for the uh, Breckenridge Brewery Farmhouse code. The DNVR code over the weekend because they were ordering up from the farmhouse. It's just DNVR. That's all you got to yeah, right. say. You're DNVR. Very, very easy. Yeah. Who are very these easy. <laughs> Four letters. Had a couple people hit me up. So farmhouse is still open. Uh, you can get food, drinks, $5 off your meal with the code DNVR. Look at those uh, Also, guys, You can tell those are some fancy ass meatballs, man. Oh, yeah. Check out some things on them. Like, those, those look nice. Great contribution, Adam. Thank you. <laughs> are those meat? Are those meatballs? They look delicious. Are they? They look like they're uh, like fritters or something, though. Ooh, they're like we got. We got to look into this. Bottom of We got to look into this. Whatever they are, they're amazing. <laughs> also, we are having the uh, what is it? The DNVR Grand Open PGA Championship this weekend. Sure yet. <laughs> we already had the Grand Open. Yeah, we need to. Yeah, yeah. Name pending on the DNVR uh, WGT Golf Tournament this weekend. I've been playing some terrible golf the last like three days. Put it in the comments. What, what, what should we name this tournament, so much, people? Yeah, we need to name our tournament. I was talking so much trash. Yeah, to me mainly. Is this true? My internet is bad. Mine is. No, no mine's been bad today. Mine's yeah, been you're Harrison. <laughs> He's the one with the good hair. <laughs> yeah, but if you haven't downloaded WGT dnvrgolf.com that's the link to download and uh join up on the dnvr country club and talk trash to us and try to beat us at wgt <laughs> you won't beat me <laughs> you might beat me because i've been absolutely terrible it's so you should sad. take this up for- you, that was a jordan take- jordan trash talk moment there i was just gonna Harrison, say that like, was, you should a, take a, this was even and you started trash talking not when you were ahead but from the beginning yeah. But you should take this opportunity to call every member that we have a hoe before they get started. <laughs> <laughs> That's up to me, hoe. Better yeah. sink this putt, hoe. <laughs> you better come correct. What is really the most exciting part of this podcast, which is, oh, man, so somebody tells me my voice is still skipping. Do people concur with this? Is my voice skipping? It doesn't seem like it is to me. Um, so the best part of this episode was MJ the teammate. MJ, the teammate, which we have heard about for, for so long, and we've seen little glimpses of it. This is the one they really take you in. And I want to start with one story. The Steve Kerr punch story is a story I had heard all of this all of these years. I had known this one, but I had never seen the people involved talk about it. And why I thought this episode was interesting was that I had always heard MJ lionized almost for this, right? Like, oh, like he was so competitive, he would punch his own teammate. And I always thought, well, that's not a good thing. Like, why is this? Because, like, oh, but that's how competitive he was. And I could not believe when MJ talked about feeling this small afterwards. And to me, it was just like, I wanted to, like, I, I don't know. I just like, he. He was both an asshole, but also aware of the virtues and vices of what he was. At least that's my takeaway from it. Like, yeah, this is a Michael Jordan production on Michael Jordan. But nonetheless, that's the thing is, 
I think he understood that it wasn't a virtue. It also wasn't a vice. It was just who he was and that he had to be that. And I, I don't know. I just, I think that's evident in, in his eyes as he's tearing up at the end of, it was episode seven, right? It was the first one uh, last night where he just like, he's examining himself, you know, and that's got to probably not easy for anybody. I mean, I don't think any of us have ever had to sit there and kind of self-examination with all the cameras on you. But like, he really got, that seemed so authentic. I mean, he get just really got caught up in that moment. And that was like, super emotional i mean that was really a a moment that's, there yeah, that, i mean that's sort of the thing i took away from just this entire uh story to this point is that they sort of built up mj as this jerk he's uh super competitive he's fighting his teammates and then they slowly get to the uh, yeah but then they get to the point where it's like they explain why like he's not he's not a jerky teammate he's a, a leader like he's not your teammate he's leading well, well, the, like, the six people who were allowed to give their part that was <laughs> on the mj doc <laughs> said that people. and that followed a but but it's true it's, it's absolutely true but, but you know what the, it's an asshole so. the fact that but they it, had but, but it's, Purdue. Like a, it's effective yeah it's it, but it's Purdue has, has only been throwing shade for all the i mean Honestly, like, I, I agree with you. Like, oh, it's a 6 day interview. But, like, I was surprised by some of the ones that were ultimately were behind him. And basically saying, like, was it comfortable? No, it's kind of like the movie Whiplash. If you say, right, it's like, where do we draw the line exactly? But then all of them ultimately. Of like it. It's exactly like it. It's <laughs> yeah. like they wrote that based on Kobe and Jordan. I watched it right before episode seven. It actually, just as a coincidence, and it is the perfect complimentary piece. Well, it's it's half. It's half right. Because in Whiplash, the then the teacher is defamed. He falls away. Like Everybody hates him. Like MJ, they come to realize like he has this fiery, spiky exterior, but like it's not real. Like it, it's a means to an end. Like he really is, you know, putting people in difficult p- positions because then they respond. Like that human beings, if you feel comfortable, you don't act. And so some respond to... and some don't, I think. But I do well, think that, exactly that... right. Like he wanted to sort who he who could come with him on this journey from ultimately uh, to me, I can only speak for me, but to me, I'm not condoning or really condemning this stuff. But the reason I can't bring myself to really condemn it is like, is exactly what he said. Never asked anybody to do what I didn't do. Granted, he's got greater gifts. But if he had been like an Allen Iverson, no knock on Allen Iverson, but like I'm skipping practice because I'm great. And then you guys are letting me down in the game. That'd be one thing. But when a guy is that just utterly committed, right, to like making this the number one thing in their life and just pursuing excellence in that way. It, it is just kind of hard to villainize them, even if they're coming down on people that aren't going to reach that that level. I mean, you just can I, can, I, can I tell you this is the biggest sort of shock even to my myself because I have been a lifelong sort of skeptic of the Mamba mentality, you know, philosophy or whatever. Like all the way through Kobe's career, I've always thought I was like, no, this is ridiculous. He'd actually be a better player if he's a better teammate, and I still think so much of that is true. But the biggest change for me from when I was 18, 19, 20, 20 years old to now is I actually do think I have grown to see the merits of this philosophy. And it is that I think for so much of my, you know, there's the perspective of like, okay, there's like little lessons in which I learn and somebody teach or this or that. But then there's also these lessons that just come from being knocked down, like nonstop. And just, and I think that was all of what MJ thought is like, in, in many ways, that's the only teacher the only teacher is getting your ass kicked and every day he was going to show up and kick somebody's ass throw a symbol you at good enough head, you would right? figure it out what's that throw a throw symbol at someone's head exactly a hundred percent and like look i i don't we're going to talk about this in a second i don't think that's the only way but i do think there is something to having that energy where every single day is a fight and you're going to test everybody and everybody has to be on their toes and some people, I think MJ was wired with it. I do think it was a bit of a philosophy, but more than anything, I just think he showed up to practice every day saying, this practice is going to suck unless I pick on somebody. And like, <laughs> the only thing that's going to make it fun for me and also important. And also the ultimate FU moment really is, whether you agree with this or not, when he says, all these guys may say that's not the way, and none of them won, <laughs> right? Like, it's, it's kind of that moment where yeah. it's like the proof is in the pudding. Don't get me wrong. You can win other ways. I'm not saying that, but like, when the guy who did it that way and was successful did it, you it also can't argue that it didn't work you know what i mean even though you can argue there's another way it's like well there was a lot of guys that were not in this to brendan's point there's a lot of guys that are not in this documentary kwame brown's going to be one of them who maybe got the worst of it because kwame actually did have a tough upbringing and was kind of like you know he needed a little bit of love when he arrived in the league and he got the opposite of that he got brutal 
he got Burrell times a thousand from MJ, and it ruined him. It as really a seventeen-year-old, right. not just yeah, not just as like a player. It ruined him in many ways as a person. So I think that there was. I do think that the other side of this debate is not represented at all in this. But at the same time, like you were mentioned, Armstrong, Burrell, Grant, they all got it. And I think for the and that's what I think both Kobe and MJ, there that that philosophy and the Jimmy Butlers of the world, and maybe even the Chris Pauls, is they understand that like. I just want the guys that can handle this. The guys that can, I'm going to figure it out really right. quick because they're going to be out of here and um, they're going to be out here really quick. And those people are just in sports and some people respond to that and some people don't. Um, but I just, you know, like I just, and I no, I don't think anyone said this, but the idea that that's essential, I think, to getting the best out of oneself or one's teammates, I think is, is obviously questionable. Um, if not downright asinine, I would like to, Tim Duncan is, I think known it right. He's obsessed with greatness and the details and an absolute dog and a warrior, but is he known as like a legendary asshole? No. I mean, no, but he's, he's also not in the conversation of the best player of all. But time. would he be if he punched a teammate in the face? And how stupid is that? And that's kind of my. But, but, but I, I don't. I don't know how you well, can if he punched somebody in the face. They would have won nine. No, but yeah, I, I don't again, know. I, and like, I, I don't five understand. Like, six and the one, the biggest barrier between five and six was a guy named LeBron James. So like, maybe. Maybe the and I'm not neither is Kareem, and uh, because they're not for reasons that have nothing to do with basketball, they're just not charismatic like MJ. Right. They dunk and they don't hang. Yeah, I, um, I just think it's not essential. That's all I'm saying. But what? what is, is, but, but again, we're not. I think it's more interesting. What part of that philosophy is essential? And here's what I think it is. I don't think it's being the asshole. I don't think it's like the being the jerk part. But I do think it is that laser focus, that relentless mm-hmm. yes. intensity. No or ways off. No days off. And I do think that players like Tim Duncan had that. They didn't go about it by like yelling at everybody and putting them down and testing them in that way. But I do think it was one of those things where they weren't afraid to say like, yo, you're out of shape. Yo, how many shots did you miss tonight? And you kept shooting. Like, you know what I mean? Like there's something, the, the willingness and like fearlessness to call out everybody for everything, including yourself. And that to me is the essential part. How he did it, that was his personality. But the, 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 but the underlying virtue of it is there, in my opinion. And that's what I'm. It was also the only way I think MJ could be, and and again, we talked about before, Kobe emulated this and was successful to an extent, but clearly it was him taking something, right, and molding it to himself versus MJ just kind of showing up and being MJ. And yeah. I think the fact that there we, we have a title for this, for Kobe, we have a name for it, and it's the Mamba mentality. And for Jordan, there, there's no marketing scheme here. Like, he just that's just who he is, and that's the way he's going to go. At least I, I don't think there is that he ever tried to, tried to turn that into a thing i think it was just what he did you know what i mean it wasn't like really thought about that much it was just i'm coming every day to go as hard as i can you better go as hard as you can i've heard I've is there, ellen is, is there like a version that. of michael that can be that obsessed with the commitment to greatness without all the like like borderline abuse of people around him in his life it's not borderline <laughs> i don't think it's abuse though man like look there are people that i do think like you said that wasn't the right moment for them and they are gonna fail and it's like unlucky you know in, in some ways that 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 they fell into that but at the same time man it's testing the metal and it's sports sports it are about exactly there are, there's two types of people and i and i do wonder if this actually <laughs> some of this might be how you grew up because you can see this is this is maybe a, uh, this is a tough uh, this is a fine line here to watch but or to walk but growing up you could play the suburb game in Colorado the AAU suburb tournament and if a team was up by thirty points the coach would be like ten passes we're doing this you could go to another part another tournament maybe a national tournament where you'd go and, and the teams would be like you're down forty points and the coach is trash talking you and the players are full court pressing you and they are like waving at your mom in the stands like yeah we're killing your son or whatever and I feel like look. Some of this is I. You might look at this and say, "Oh, these guys are real jerks. What no class or whatever." And there's something to that. Like it is weird to trash talk people when they're down. <laughs> but at the same time, man, that is competition to a lot of people, and that is how it's like fueled, and that's how you get to that 100 percent level. Yeah, I mean, in I, sports. I, yeah. There's, there's a there's a winner, and there's a, there, sports is the only thing where there's only one one person standing at the end. Like you're talking about, like. It, cultivating a team structure and making sure everybody feels supported and, and welcome in a right a, a bunch of bloggers for example like that's good because we can all win but michael jordan like wasn't always the best he came in he knew what it was like to lose he knew what it was like to be doubted he knew what it was like to be said that he couldn't uh, rise to the challenge and then he 
finally got over that hump and he never wanted to let it go again. And so he's like, all right, like I know where I was at when I first came into the league. I need to get these guys to where, to be where I am. Like I just looked at him as just like an army general, like strutting mm-hmm. up and down the court. He looked like a gladiator to me, yeah. like just screaming at his, uh, at his uh, troops to get in line, like follow me, I'll take us there, but like, I'm not gonna carry you. And if you're yeah. not gonna, you're not gonna be along with me, like get, I, I'm not going back down for you. So you come with me or you get out of here. Like, I, I completely respect that. I also think it was easy for him to justify. I mean, who knows what was in his head, but don't you feel like he always felt like I'm going through more than anybody else on this team? Like, I have yes. to answer for all the losses I'm in front of the media. So we're all taking our lumps. But, you know, I don't think he ever had a problem kicking somebody's yeah. ass. You know what I mean? Yeah, to try to get them like, to that level. Cause like, I'm going through more than you anyway. Now he was also, that was more important to him, you know, maybe, and maybe that's not fair for everybody, but I do think that's kind of his justification. But yeah, the losses were his. Like if, if the team lost, he it was oh, his loss. Yep. Yep. And, he, and that, and that's the flip side to Jordan that I think was really, that you really get from this documentary is he both like was a jerk to these guys, but did take the responsibility when the, in the bad moments, like it always eventually right. falls on me, but I'm going to be pushing these guys like this. So, I don't know. I, again, I'm not trying to defend the parts of it that were a jerk, but I also just understand it. And I do feel like this is a thing I would have disagreed with. If I argued with myself from 20 years ago or 15 years ago, I would have disagreed with this take. But as I've gone through life, look, life's tough. Life's not simple. Like there's, if you right. To try to be great at anything, it takes a lot of compromise, an enormous amount of fight, and a lot of just like, okay, this thing is terrible, but I'm going to have to work through it and get past it. And I just think that was MJ's mind frame just too that mixed with supreme confidence. Part of why he felt <laughs> trash talking anyone anytime anywhere is he just had this incredible confidence. Ali, cue up the clip of him in the the cigar because they get beat by BJ Armstrong and in the, the Hornets in uh, ninety. Is it ninety six that they lose this one? No, ninety uh, ninety seven, wasn't it? No, it's ninety six. We haven't gone to ninety seven yet. Oh, I guess that was the so ninety two. We have the clip, Ali. Cue this one up. I want to. Uh, well, that's all right. And see all that trash, trash talking talk starts when it's zero, zero, zero instead, instead of five, five six, six point lead. That's all right. That's the kind of a kind of man. If you talk shit when it's even score, or talk shit when you're behind score, when you're ahead, it's easy to talk. He has there ever been anybody cooler? No, there's unbelievable. And here's the thing. He has all the charisma of your grandpa. Like, he sounds like your grandpa, doesn't he? That's the son of a good man right there. Like, he talks like his grandpa somehow. Like, he's he's not, holding a baseball bat, smoking a cigar. Bogart cool, right? Like, that's like yeah. the, the cool he has to him. And it's just a sure. very old school, classic man of a code. But at the same time, they just lost the playoff series. And here he is holding a bat, smoking a cigar, just like, like nothing happened. He was holding the bat, smoking the cigar, and was like, Man, I am going to freaking kill uh, what's-his-name at practice tomorrow. <laughs> I'm going to murder Scotty Burrell at practice tomorrow. I cannot wait. Going to take this out on somebody. Yeah. I can't imagine that level of confidence. Just that level of, like, we just lost a big nice. playoff game. It's 1-1, right? The series is – or was it one? Yeah, it was 1-1. Like, all right, we're just lost at home court. No biggie. Can't wait till we get out there. But then there's uh, that's also the thing about Jordan was, like, yeah, he knew, like, they were the better team, right? You know, in the end, hell yeah, that's for sure. That's he, for sure. He, he knew they were the better team. He didn't just know he was the best player. He also knew he had the super team at that point. Like at that yeah. point, because he, he had he had verbally abused them enough during the regular season to toughen them up so they could get through that. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that for me, like why I come away with even more respect for Jordan through all of this is because I always am really fascinated and impressed by people that display behavior that I myself possess none of like there's a softness in me that would not allow me to want my teammates to to allow me to, to, to think I'm a big jerk and like first of all Eric everybody falls short of Jordan in that category like no, no, I know I know with this. but this this be I'm, I'm with you on this go ahead like it's just it's it's remarkable to me to see that somebody can feel that level of discomfort and completely disregard it with the goal in mind knowing that if he succeeds, they all succeed, and he doesn't care if it he looks bad in the process because in the end he knows they'll be standing on the top drinking champagne, hugging one another. Like all of those shots where they were, you know, going from sort of him talking about how he approached the game and being teary eyed were interlaced with just these sh- these shots of people just with the height of joy, just crying 
yeah. holding big magnums of, of champagne. And it's like, was it worth it? Like, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Like, I don't I've know. Like, this a lot too, as like a Jordan fan, because I, I think like, uh, same thing when, when you're a leader, I think you do, obviously we, we could all argue that Jordan should have done a little more patent on the butt than, than kicking in the ass. Right. All the time. And there are a lot of versions of this where they haven't really touched on this in the doc, but how, when he came back from baseball, there was a lot more, it doesn't seem like it watching this, but a lot more nurture than there had been in the in the previous three Pete. Not to say that he didn't come after people, but where it was like fully he was just after everybody every day to where he at least could identify some, you know, OK, this guy needs a little push, a little pat on the butt. Like, I wonder sometimes could he have dealt with Rodman? Maybe he could have. Maybe it would have been just about winning. But in the first three Pete, if Rodman had been there yeah, leaving, like, would he have had that perspective? I don't know. But I do think one of the things that's drawn me to Jordan is as a leader, you do have to not be afraid to not be liked. Some also yeah. like some people are going to like you. And I feel like I'm always that's like a flaw of mine, too. I feel like I'm always never quite ready to make somebody yeah. just hate me, even if they need to, because they need to get the job done. Yeah. And Jordan obviously had no problem with that. Right. And it's funny, like you talk about him bullying his teammates, but it, he's not bullying Dennis Rodman. He's not bullying Scottie Pippen. He's not bullying the guys that are like truly in the foxhole with him. Like he's De- Dennis Rodman goes to Las Vegas. And the other guys are in the foxhole oh, man, with him sucks. too, man. That's just like bad. That's just being a bad team. And no. the other guys are in the foxhole with him too. Yes, every person. But they're not. The they're in there, but they're not contributing the same level. Like, or are they barely to go to Vegas in the middle of the season? Like, but that's it, the point is that he knew he can count on Rodman. So it's like it's calculated. It's my not favorite like leaders are attacking. the one who can treat the guys on the end of the bench the same but way you're they not, treat their Pippins. Those are my favorite. But, but you're not. But yeah, you're not. It's a top objective. It's fair. Like, but but listen, that's like, that's but fair. Some are, but like, some are some are Eric. Some are top basketball players, and I've managed to have that attitude. So it's not about it, me. That it's about Tim Duncan. It's about but, LeBron. It's about other styles of leadership. I think if you're going to knock him, you're going to say. I think if you're going to knock him, you're going to say that he couldn't always identify who should get kicked. Right. Like, like at the end of the day, like, I think, you know, I think he had a plan to go in on and I, and I think you can justify it overall, but I do think, yeah, I think sometimes he misidentified who was going to get there. Like did Burrell ever really get there? You know, and and I'm not saying he made a bad choice to push him. I'm just saying like, was that ever somebody who ended up coming through big now, Steve Kerr, you know, we'll, we'll tell you over and over again whether this is Steve Kerr's version of it because he likes to be a storyteller, too, and he loves Jordan now. But Steve Kerr will tell you that he needed that, right? Like, he needed these pushes. He needed that confidence. So I think there are some success stories and there's some misses. But I also think no human being is going to ever, like, you could argue LeBron's one of the greatest teammates of all time as a star. Who knows? Maybe he kicks somebody a little harder and they win one oh, more. Sure. And, I'm, and I'm not or arguing that's what he should have done. Right. But, but my point is, team. like, as somebody who grew up with Jordan as his hero, I remember reading the Jordan rules and kind of being devastated. Right. And having to kind of reevaluate and be like, is this guy just an asshole? Right. Like, because you read that well, after yeah. never hearing anything at the time and you're like, oh, my God. And then I just kind of let go of, like, wanting to have the best player I'd ever seen be also a perfect person and leader because that's not realistic. Right. Like, I mean, you can always hope yeah. for that. Somebody's got so that perfect balance closer. between the two. But then, like, at the end of the day, I was just kind of like, all right, well, I, I think people are people and they have some things you like and some things they don't. And I embrace that with Jordan and I embrace it with LeBron. Like, I, I've always disliked the whole, you know, LeBron really, I mean, passing in that last moment, you know, he's not clutch. Like, I, I, I've disagreed with that from the very beginning. Like, there are different styles to that also. Before we get back to today's show, Green Mountain Dental Group in Lakewood, they're the best damn family-owned dentist in the metro area. Also extreme Colorado sports junkies, just like us. If you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam with Green Mountain Dental Group, you will receive a free Sonicare toothbrush. They're located just 15 minutes from downtown Denver. Sonicare, it will change your life and you can get one from Green Mountain Dental Group if you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam. Also guys, right now online StravaCraftCoffee.com, you can purchase StravaCraft Coffee for 20% off when you use code DNVR20. StravaCraft coffee is packed with CBD, which is, of course, non-psychoactive. CBD has also been known to help cure long-term migraines, decrease anxiety, arthritis, IBS, etc. If you haven't tried it, check it out. You can get StravaCraft coffee online for 20% off when you use the code DNVR20. We have to move on to what the title of the today's show is, talking now, bringing this to to the Nuggets and to, I guess, maybe Jokic in particular. But, I, I mean, it's a fact that there are multiple styles that can lead to winning like that sure. there's multiple ways to be great that's just a fact the question is how much of what jordan was bringing that relentlessness how much of that and what are the parts of that that were essential because i do believe there is a part of that was that was essential it might not have been the way he did it but just the willingness to push everybody at all times 
and just for everybody to be that dialed in. And one of the things I talked about this year, you we remember with Harrison, I think it was two years ago, we got the quote was before Will Barton got hurt, where he said, I'm in a whole nother place in a whole nother space right now. I'm just so dialed in and so locked in. And I believe that about him. I think Will Barton, who was a giant Kobe fan, woke up every day and just was like, if I don't reach this incredibly high standard I set for myself, I'm a loser and a failure. And like he had that personal thing. But I do wonder if the Nuggets, and I actually don't wonder, I actually believe that the Nuggets are lacking some piece of this right now. And it's not, look, this isn't a, this isn't a permanent flaw. Like when people say this, people will often say, oh, so-and-so, he doesn't have that killer instinct. And they'll act as if it's just like this, this thing of nature. Dirk Nowitzki never had it until he had it. Now, and all of a sudden, now he's a killer instinct guy. I think with the Nuggets and with Jokic in particular, it is one piece that is sort of missing or sort of developing, I should say, because I think it actually started to come out over the last 18 months or so. But it's the one thing. Well, here's the the part I'm going to say about it. I don't know that Jokic approaches every day the way that Michael Jordan approaches every day. And, of course, he doesn't approach it with that same – like, again, you don't have to be the asshole. But I do think there just needs to be somebody that showed up and it's like it's Tuesday, it's day 18 of training camp, nobody wants to be here. I'm going to make sure we mm-hmm. all go 100%. And Absolutely. that's the thing that I think the Nuggets are missing. However, Absolutely. Whatever personality it is, I just think they need that guy. Or I think you can count those guys on your on your hand. Like, there's probably five guys in the league, maybe, that are that guy, right? Like, that's a big difference between you, Jordan's era and this era. Well, the other thing to consider, though, is in addition to how they're wired, like, there's so many factors to that, right? Like, LeBron loves his teammates, right? Well, he grew up single mom, moving around all the time, embedded with these kids who are his friends, lifelong friends like brothers, that leads to something no matter how you're wired. That's the nature versus nurture thing. Jordan comes up, you know, essentially middle class, you know, at least like a family that's together, a bunch of brothers and sisters and driven individually all the time to beat his brother and to make, you know, his dad you know, think, oh, you're, you're, you know, you're my favorite, essentially. And that just breeds something differently over time. I mean, there, there's two different sets of circumstances. I know that's only two, that, but there's a bunch of these. Do you think there's any coincidence to the, no, to the fact that it was, um, it was Phil Jackson, that, that Phil Jackson was the one that presided over both Jordan and Kobe, like something in his coaching style allowed and actually demanded that the players sort of take control. And uh, there, there had to be a lead dog on the court because Phil Jackson wasn't that. He wasn't like the strong voice. He was the Zen master that, that hung back. And so having a dominant personality, there had to be something in the way that he was running his teams that allowed that to facilitate that and to really be the dominant voice and force. In the way I that, think like, he was a better facilitator between Pippen and Jordan than for Shaq and Kobe, right? Because yeah, you've got two I, different personalities for definitely. one. Well, it could, like, it, it's, it, it's, it's fire that can... can get out of control like oh but, you yeah, know like sure it is. but you know but like greg popovich is is the he is the voice right like all of the right. players are listening to him like these coach like uh there are coaches that that and pat riley like they are the voice and it seems like maybe phil jackson is content to sit back and let the dynamics inside the pack sort of take charge and i i just had never really thought about that before but I think definitely and i think something to I, that well i think what's to that is the roster he was working with right like he probably looked at the roster he had and was like all right i can have a hands-off approach here and let michael scotty ron harper take the lead you know yeah. not all coaches have that roster and i think he also understood that there was too many personalities as it were and so it was more about guiding yeah. one in, in this you know guiding one in one direction as opposed to adding another voice to the mix. The also thing about the second Phil Jackson and those Lakers team is that Kobe was the MJ personality, but Shaq was the MJ talent at the least. Yeah, at the that's time. Tough. So it was like, right. it's a little different. It was easy when MJ was both the best player and the guy. Right. <laughs> you can't, right, right. nobody's going to be like, trade this guy. He's out of control. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, no, but with Jokic, like we, it was funny when, when Jimmy Butler was available two years ago or whatever it was and myself included was like, I don't know. Jokic and Butler are going to be oil and water. I don't know. He's going to be too hard. I'm telling you, my perspective on it has changed for a couple of reasons. Timberwolves haven't gone anywhere since he left, since Jimmy Butler left. They've reached their pinnacle. They didn't make the playoffs for 15 years. He shows up. They make it. He leaves. They go back to being absolutely terrible. I know that's not directly. There's other things that, that are at play there. But I do wonder, now that he's now in, in, in Miami, an organization that embraces Mamba mentality as much as any organization in the league, and he's thriving, and the players love him. I wonder if it would have been a good thing had he ended up here, even if it was only for a year or two, if it would have been like, oh, wow, that's the energy we need. And then everybody just kind of learns it. That's, that's the thing I fear with this team is 
I don't. That's the that's the that's a piece that I I'm just wanting to see the light flip on for this team. That every I, night it's a, a Jokic will go without shooting, and we'll be like, well, man, you're gonna really lose. No, man, you don't lose anything for any reason. You go out there and win every game you can. I was out two years ago. I was all aboard Jimmy Butler to Denver. Were you? You were a oh, yeah. Jimmy Butler guy. Okay. I've been public about this for a long time. I. I, just, I can't remember. Like, he wants to push people to work and to want to be great. Jamal Murray absolutely does those things. He didn't like Cat and maybe even questionably Embiid because for how much, however talented they may be, were they dogs? Jokic is a dog. You can joke all you want about it, his weight, but like the game's on the line. I guarantee you, Jimmy is down to play with that dude. Um, I'm so, I'm so uh, surprised that you're like that you're pro Jimmy but anti Michael in this regard. Like because I think Jimmy Butler is like a talentless Michael. There's country, <laughs> there's country miles of middle ground between pushing your teammates. I, and being I honestly don't know if there is, man. I think Jimmy Butler is just as crazy. Yeah, the story is about not, Butler. But he's like a million times less bad. good. Yeah, he just he's hasn't had way an effect. And no, bro, I would also have taken Michael Jordan on my favorite basketball. <laughs> right, These are different right. questions. Like, I think, I think Jimmy George... Butler's not my favorite person. Like, I'm glad you cleared so, that up. Michael yeah, like, away from a, a dynasty, in my opinion. By the way, I find Michael Jordan to be as compelling, as awesome in the literal sense of the word, mm-hmm. as, as the rest of you. I'm not, you know, I, I, he's he is what he is, you know. My guy Nemanja is on fire. Jokic in four minutes. <laughs> <laughs> That's my other. Yeah. Look, I mean, I was not Jokic as anybody, so maybe I just look. I'm, this isn't a character flaw with Jokic because I, like I said, I've really seen this coming on in the last year. To me, it was the number one outside of MPJ. It was the number one storyline for me this year. Jordan mm-hmm. or Jokic got his butt kicked by Anthony Davis in December, and he said, "All right, enough." Flip switched yeah. him. He lost all that Absolutely. weight. He started going at everybody for like yep. three months, and it was awesome. Switch flipped off again, like for some reason, right? Like the last five games before the season got canceled. But nonetheless, he has that in him, and I just want to see it now to where it's a thing that that's in him nonstop. And and if he gets to that level, I just think that he's going to be the MVP. I I really believe in him in Jokic that much that it's like the final. And I honestly believe this: it's the final puzzle piece for him. He's that good mm-hmm. that it's actually the last, the last little thing. And once he gets it, it, it yeah, it's it's like nothing. adding. The last, the last piece of the puzzle is like true pressure. Like he will get, he'll, he'll have games where you can tell the outcome is not, is sort of immaterial. It's like, he'll do what he has to do. He doesn't want to get yelled at. He doesn't want to be whatever. Um, but then when we saw in the playoffs, when the pressure was real and you really start to find out about who people are, I'm, the thing that MJ was always trying to uncover from his teammates, like that's a, a thousand percent in Jokic. We've seen it over and over. He just, for whatever reason, he requires motivation. Which yes. is unfortunate, exactly. but that's, he that's requires exactly. motivation. Yep. Um, yep. And, and that's why in the playoffs he had it because the motivation was built. Yes. We all believe in it. But I'm telling you, there is also something to you get better in October, whether you know it or not. Yep. When you he have that in you. better at making up stories about people sliding him. And then I, 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 just but it also makes you better. It's like if all every day of your life is the game seven of the finals, you're just like sharpening yeah. your knives over and yeah. over. It is true. Like, yeah. Haven't you ever had like you, I don't know, like you get in a fight with somebody or something and you just wake up the next day, like, all right, let's go. Let's let's go. Like For sure. gonna, whatever it is. Like, and yeah. you just, you have that thing where as a human being, if you feel discomfort, you will move in the opposite direction of it. Always. And Jordan was the best if at that. Feel- this is a lot. This is what his hall of fame speech was about. Right. Even though it was, it can be easily mocked and I'm not saying it shouldn't be, but turning whatever negative, whatever slight, whether even if it was valid into fuel. For the fire, right? Oh, yeah. Just turning it around, and that's why he always says, "I'm an optimist," right? Like he's yeah. he may be the angriest, most pessimistic sounding optimist ever, but it's like yeah. I do think he was intent on turning anything around and using it as fuel, you know, yeah. by whatever means yeah. necessary. I mean, there's something like dollars in six championships. I'd be an optimist. <laughs> <laughs> but there's there's something. How do you to stay like, motivated? Because there's there's a song I just started listening to, and one of the first lines is like, it says like, "Man, you guys are really lazy," or maybe your heart just doesn't hurt. And like, oh, I understand that. Like, my, like I'll wake up and like my heart will hurt for no good reason. And so what will I do? I'll just like put myself in motion and I'll start making things and I'll start doing things mm-hmm. to sort of like shift the focus from that. I think that there's something like there's a deep rooted sort of not even sadness, but there's something in Michael Jordan to where he does not feel content unless something in his brain is firing. And it, either that comes from like it, it comes from being tested and. Uh, passing the test and it comes from and it, it, he requires 
other people to be involved on that level, which is where his gambling comes into play because right. truly like that's how you get other people yeah, to feel the right. pain you pain is if you don't, if they're going to lose money, they will feel hurt the same yes. way you feel hurt just by losing. Yes. Yeah. He always um, seemed determined to measure himself against whoever was there, right? Like at all times, which is perfect for competition. But even Phil said, you know, Kobe would be very aware of a moment if he got hot, right? That stretch where he 40 plus for 10 games or whatever, where he's like, it was almost like Kobe was locked in because he had a shot at history. He's like, and Jordan would, not that he wasn't locked in every game, but he'd go and he'd score his 30, like five nights in a row, and he would have the calendar circled for when they played Charles Barkley, right? And he'd right. be waiting for that. Okay, now I'm up against this guy people are saying is as good as me. And then he'd go on a tear and get 50 and talk shit the whole time. You know what I mean? And there's like those were the moments that were, I think were more important to him than any kind of like record book or something. It's like you and me, let me prove it now. Yeah, I love that edge of discomfort, though. And like, I, I really do just think that's where that's that's where like life is for the great. It's just always in that discomfort zone. And that's yeah, like, yeah. that's the, the secret that MJ sort of knew was like, yeah, this stuff sucks. It's an asshole. And some and a lot of people are going to fall by the wayside. But the ones that are like, oh, this is just where I live now. I live yeah. in this uncomfortable spot. That's when they yeah. can really start to grow. Yeah. Um, and, and like something like that is not a choice for him. Like he, he doesn't decide to go out and do this. It's just like he needs to others to feel as he feels. And so and, I, I, which I get, like I, I, I get that feeling. But this is why your wildfire thing is so great because it really is like he harnessed that right for a, sp a certain amount of time. And then 98 came and he walked away from basketball. And it's just like fires everywhere. And this is what is so impressive about Kobe is I thought for sure he would be this exact same way, but it just seemed like, he learned how to put harness that fire and just like move it around. And it's like, Oh wow. I did not see that coming at all for Kobe. Um, last thing I want to say before we, we wrap this up, it doesn't look like we have any participants for the steps. I guess you got like three minutes to hop in here if you want to try to play the steps tonight, but um, the, step it up fools, step it up. But the one thing about um, that, I just really disliked about this episode, the 96 finals as they have done. And this has been my complaint the entire time. They reduce it down to the Michael Jordan myth. Including the part, Ali, you could play the clip. Can you play the clip now about him laughing about Gary Payton here? This is an all-timer. <laughs> a lot of people back down the bike. I didn't. I made it a point. I said, just tire him out. Tire the f*** out of him. You just got to tire him out. And I kept hitting him and banging him and hitting him and banging him. It took a toll on Mike. It took a toll, and then <laughs> resting him a little bit, and then the, the, the series changed. And I wish I could have did it earlier. I don't know if the outcome would have been different, but it, it, it was a difference. <laughs> and, and beating him down a little bit. The glove. I had no problem with the glove. I had no problem with Gary Payton. This is not true. First of all, he had problems with your face. This is more about the myth building of Michael Jordan. But I want to, before I get to that. Do you want the stats? I've got the stats here. Well, hold on. The dirty little secret is he had a bad series before Gary switched over to him. That's the most disrespectful interview I've ever seen in my life. Unbelievable amount of disrespect to where he actually uncontrollably started laughing at the notion that one of the best defenders of all time didn't cause him problems, which he did. Do you expect anything different after everything we've said about no, how this guy had to wire himself? Like it just—I mean, this is again what comes with it. Yes, he wanted I, to go I, play that night after they it showed. It shouldn't be taken as gospel from everyone watching, as if it's objectively true. But that is Jordan's perspective, right? The problem is we always take his perspective. I, this is how Harrison was talking about the field after uh, the Grand Open. He's just like, and <laughs> <laughs> when he gives this face. <laughs> like yeah. it's so disrespectful my god all right what are the stats there been... so in uh jordan's first 15 playoff games in uh, 96 he averaged 32 points on 48 percent shooting from the field and then of course gary payton finally starts guarding jordan in game four of the finals over the next three games he averages 24 points on 37 percent shooting from the field 37 percent. so gary payton absolutely bothered michael jordan in the last three games of the finals he absolutely did yeah the and it's not just that they also so nate mcmillan goes down in that series right it, it, the, the there there's a bunch of little details that are left out about how some of these series went and look they right. won winners oh that's all that matters right you just right and say you yeah you either win or you lose and then you get to write the story but it i i the one complaint i have about this 
is that, look, I want the full story. I want the story about how MJ struggled for right. certain things because it's actually more interesting to me. Right. Yes. Well, also, though, being, being up 3-0 and having 172, I think also would take a toll, right? Like the fatigue of that and then like not being as locked in. But And that's not to take anything away from Peyton. I actually think Jordan had a bad, by his standards, a bad series even before Peyton switched over. That's the one finals right. MVP that, you know what I mean, that I think about, and I'm like, I know part of the myth is the six finals MVP. I don't think it was wrong to give it to him because I think Steph Curry should have had it in 2015, right? Like the absolutely. player who's the most important and everybody shit. Like, I still think yeah, you're the absolutely. most important player. But if you were going to make an argument for Pippen having one, to me, 96 has always kind of been that year if he was going to get one. I think Jordan got it for the playoffs because, again, he was spectacular in the playoffs and good enough in the finals. And then he won on Father's Day. Who's How is Michael Jordan not going to get I mean, his dad dies, he comes back, he wins it. And I had never seen that clip with the audio. Oh, that, right. the, the wailing was – last night was of like the most emotional of any – the way both of them ended, right, the way the one – with him tearing up at the interview, and then that one on Father's Day, I think were the most powerful things so far. Behind every beautiful thing, there's some kind of pain. That's that's along the lines of what you were talking about there, D-Line. It's, it's, that, that's sort of, I think, just like the thing that it's changed both with me just over these years so much, and it's like just textured all over the last two episodes, and that's why I loved them so much. So a lot of myth-making in there, a lot of myth-retelling and all that stuff, and I wish it wasn't, but at the same time, a lot of truth, in my opinion, a lot of truth in what we were seeing in this. And just to me, I find it really inspiring. I really do. I probably would find it less inspiring if we had Kwame Brown being interviewed in all of this conversation. <laughs> At the end of the day, for all the flaws, I think people, we all love basketball, right? I mean, obviously. Uh, and I think every anybody who has the opportunity to do that, I think we're always going to, at least to some extent, admire and, and really be inspired by anyone who is that dedicated to yes. their crowd. Kobe follows into this category for me, too. Even if you go wrong in a lot of other ways, if you are that committed to perfecting your art and your craft and you get up every day that driven, that's difficult to do even if you're living the dream, right? To get up every day and not have like a day off it is just an incredible thing. And I think that will always be compelling and always inspire people. I think that's why people love guys like Kobe and Jordan probably more than they should. I'm, I'm one of those guys. <laughs> that is greatness, Patrick. It's not an innate property. It's a process. It's daily habits. Yeah. And it's sure. that our heroes are the ones who it was three, six, five, no exceptions. And I mean, I can't go seven days, you know, I can't go seven days without needing to get up from blogging. So, I mean, these people are incredible. Well, that's a bad parallel. You are the great, you are the goat. So that's. <laughs> yeah, man, it's fascinating. It's really fascinating. I'm so curious. It makes me more excited to watch Jokic's career. I miss basketball so much. This is, you know, it's a good episode when you just miss basketball and you're just ready to oh like, I'm just playing. I wanted to go play and just like create people as I've tried to score on them. Jokic has a role in this, in this conversation about the different forms of greatness the arguments about what it takes to get the best version out of oneself, whether one was good enough to be great or not, um, and, and what it takes to get a team over the top and, and how tied that is maybe to some misconceptions, myth-making, or, or not about the individuality of basketball and the Mamba mentality. That's why I moved to Denver. I think there's a chance if, if the Nuggets do a great job and put Jokic in this position, he pushes this conversation forward. So I think it's – I'm going to punch. Uh, me. You can punch anyone. me. That's the point, I'll, though. That's the I'll point. Take a punch. That's the point. Jokic will never throw a punch, but it's Jokic's Jokic is Tim Duncan. Uh, dude, I, I don't don't put it past Jokic. With, growing up with those brothers, dude, he'll punch somebody. I promise you. No, he, he would never. <laughs> <laughs> you've never. You've haven't you seen Jokic freak out in a game before and thought maybe he's gonna reel off and punch somebody? Oh, like, for sure. Referee, yeah. A referee. I haven't watched as much yeah. as you guys, and I've definitely thought that you punch somebody different times. So, like, oh, uh oh, maybe the brothers, maybe yeah, that's on the table. <laughs> yeah, I would prefer that Jokic was screaming at Jamal Murray than Tony Brothers, if I'm being honest. Oh, here we get from our our Serbian Nemanja here telling us Jokic is calming down. That's not good. We don't want that. We need to get him uncomfortable. <laughs> All right. Thanks so much, everybody, for tuning in. Patrick, only one of these left, man. What are you going to do? This is devastating for me. I, I feel at home here now. I don't know what I'm going to do. I have to find a new team, I guess. <laughs> um, no, everybody, thanks so much for tuning in. If you're not a subscriber to DNVR, just want to remind you, subscribe. we got some great stuff. I'm working on an MPJ video, full-on video for subscribers. Uh, we got some great stuff behind the paywall over the last several weeks. Harrison has just been murdering it on that front. Um, As got, usual. 
as usual. We got all kinds of great stuff, guys. Um, so you're gonna wanna you're gonna wanna subscribe and then tune in here tomorrow night, eight o'clock. We'll see everybody then. All right, before we get out of here, Denver Rubber Company has actually been around longer than Michael Jordan. They've been around since 1972 and to this day remain open to right now supply products to other essential businesses like medical, military defense, government, wind energy, and food and beverage industries. They are family owned and operated and are diehard Denver sports fans. They're well known for cutting and supplying rubber snowplow blades, but they also provide custom cut rubber and foam gaskets, hose assemblies, and metal parts. Be sure to call them today for any of your needs at 1-800-259-0010 or visit them at drcfirst.com backslash DNVR. 